quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm glad you're here. And I want to talk about the idea that tantrums are connective and big emotional upsets are connective and that they are an opportunity for us to build in connection with our child. When we talk about connection, lots of people are like, well, I connect with my kids. I give them hugs and kisses. I read books with them. I hang out and do video games. I skateboard. Those are all amazing ways to connect. But they aren't the only ways in which we can connect. There are some more deeper, I believe, more profound ways to connect with our kids. And one of those ways is during a big episode of feelings, either a tantrum for a little child, or it could be a really big, you know, emotional release for an older child. It could be kicking and screaming. It could be slamming doors. It can be, you know, yelling. It can be all the things that the older kids do. So when I talk about the tantrum in general, I'm talking about for all age groups. So in these moments, our child is completely dysregulated and they are offline, meaning their thinking brain, their prefrontal brain isn't working. And so they're in their limbic system. They're in their middle brain. Or maybe at sometimes they're in fight, flight, or freeze because they've just totally, completely lost it. These moments are places where we can help our child come back online. But it's messy and it's hard. And it doesn't feel like it's quote unquote the right thing to do because we are allowing or we're almost promoting the big feelings to happen. A couple of things I recommend is don't go away even when your child says go away because I don't believe they really mean it. But what they might be thinking is if you go away, 
then I don't need to have or I won't have my feelings because I don't have your loving, empathic presence. And when I don't have your loving, empathic presence, my feelings won't come to the surface. So they often say, go away, leave me alone. I'm not going to be here. And people and a lot of parents will say, well, I want to respect that they want space. I don't know if that's the time to respect them and their space. I don't, you don't want to like hug them if they don't want it. You don't want to like get right up in their face. But being in their presence might make them more upset, but it might make all of the feelings come to the surface. And that's a good thing. Why? One, they need to offload those feelings. They need to cry. They need to tantrum and tremble and get it all out. If they're crying, they're releasing, you know, stress hormone in their tears. And if they're hitting things and, you know, hitting the pillows and hitting the ground and throwing a tantrum, that's also getting out some of their stress and some of their anxieties. Sometimes they'll come after us and try to hit us. We have to try to keep ourselves safe. I don't really recommend holding a child though, because it might feel very restrictive. Sometimes I say, push against my hands. Here's some paper, tear it up and allow them just to have their big feelings. In these moments, if you can stay regulated, if you can stay calm and you can stay connected to your child, you are helping them and teaching them so many amazing things. First of all, You're there for them in their worst, most terrible moment and you're not judging them and you're not telling them to stop. You're holding space for their icky feelings. Nobody in this world is ever gonna do that for them, only you. And if you are the only person that will ever do that for them, what does that do for your relationship? It makes it special. It makes it the kind of relationship that is important. So this is why we hold space for our kids when they're having big feelings, because there's no one else in this world that will do it for them. And because it creates deep wells of connection and a bond. And that's what we want. We want our kids to come to us when things are hard. And we can show them that we're able to hold space in these hard moments. So then when they're older, who are they going to come to? Who are they going to confide in? Where is their safest place? You. So if you want that to be something that exists in the relationship you share with your child. You have to start now with whatever big feelings they're having. If it's the four-year-old who's screaming and yelling and throwing the tantrum, we sit with them. We're quiet most of the time, but we can say, I'm right here. This is hard. But most of the time, we're just quiet and listening and taking in the feelings and holding space for the feelings and trying not to as best we can take what they're saying personally because they don't mean it. If they're saying, I hate you, get out of here, you're the worst. They don't mean it. They're just totally dysregulated and unable to figure out what's up and down at this point. So when we stay with our child and we're empathic and we're holding space and we're the safe container, we are building in copious amounts of connection. This makes our bond unbreakable because we've gone to emotional war with our kid and we've endured this tantrum, which could last 20, 30, 40, 60, 120 minutes. I've sat through two hour tantrums with Esme before when she was really little and I was well, really little five and I was trying to do this and I didn't know what I was doing and she had a lot of pent up feelings. I sat with her one time for two hours while she got it out but she got it out and she came all the way through. So what I see with kids is if you can stick it out, which is very hard, and I'll talk about some ways in which we can help ourselves through that in a minute, but if you can stick it out, 
if you can hold space for the entire tantrum, our child comes back at the end in the most kind and sunny disposition I've ever seen. I've seen my daughters cling to me. Oh, mommy, I love you so much. I'm sorry I did that. I didn't know why I did it. Pia used to say, I'm so scared of my feelings. I don't want to have my feelings. I hate doing that because I think it was too much for her. She's the, you know, she tends to be the stuffer. And so it was really hard for her, but she was so endeared to me afterwards. For at least a day or two, she had this just glow about her that she felt better and that she was very attached to me because I had built in this deep idea of connection. I would get so many more I love yous and thank yous and cooperation and all the things after these long involved tantrums. But I had to sit all the way through them. And that's really, really hard. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews and there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So some of the things I recommend are this. Walk away if you need to. Say, oh, I got to go pee. Oh, I got to, you know what? I got to let the dog out. Oh, I got to, I got to do an email really quick. Don't blame it on them, but take your break and walk away and go to the bathroom and center yourself and tell yourself you're going to be okay and try to gain some composure and then return back to the tantrum. That's if you're really losing it. That's like your parachute. I also like to say mantras to myself like, these are only feelings. They cannot kill me. Even though sometimes I believed in those moments I was being killed, emotionally damaged, abused. I thought all the things like, how can I allow my child to talk to me like this and hit me and as me spit on me once? How can I allow this? I'm being abused. I had to reframe that. And I had to really say, these are feelings. And I had to talk to myself in my head with these mantras. These are feelings. It's not an emergency. This will not kill me. My five-year-old cannot hurt me. And really trying to say these things in my head 
so that I could get to a better place. That's one of the things. The other thing is, is I like to use deep breathing, four, 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 four breathing, four in, hold for four, four out, release, um, hold empty for four. And that really slowed down my central nervous system and that helped me stay really grounded. Another tactic I like to use is just being quiet. Being quiet and present and eye contact, but still being there, but not being there and being quiet and ignoring, which is the, there's a big difference. Being quiet and present really helped me so that I didn't think of the, these ideas of like, I need to fix it or what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? If I could have just been quiet in those moments, that always helped me because it helped me stay centered and it helped me endure these long tantrums that were often hard for me to deal with. I also would get, as me especially, into a space where we could be more confined, like into her bedroom, I would sit against the door and she would be like, let me out. I don't want to be in here anymore. And I'd say, I know we're going to stay right here. It's okay. I need water. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go outside. She'd make every excuse because she just didn't want to have the feelings. But I tried to really stick in there and keep her contained in a room where she could thrash about where Pia wasn't and where it could just be about us. That isn't always possible, but it is ideal if you can do that. I think it can really help get the tantrum and get everything out. Another thing to keep in mind is that it gets worse before it gets better. So these sometimes these tantrums really escalate. They really get big and huge before they, they come down again. And that that's a good thing. We want the big feelings to come out. We want to promote the big feelings. I think that's another mindset shift is that we're always trying to figure out how do I get my child to stop emoting? How do I get them to calm down? How do I get them to self-regulate? How do I tell them what they can do instead of screaming and yelling and throwing things? I kind of just stay away from that and just stick into this idea that they're having their feelings and that I really need to honor their feelings no matter what they are. And I'm not trying to calm them down in those moments because that's not really the moment to calm them down. I think they need to get to that calm place on their own organically. And I just allow the feelings to happen and for them to come back online on their own. So that's this idea of tantruming. Tantruming as a connective tool or having big feelings as a connective tool because the connective property in all of this is the empathy. That empathy piece and the holding space piece is what creates the connection. What you're also doing is you're teaching your child what it looks like to regulate because you're staying regulated in a very tumultuous situation. You are staying calm. You are doing the thing that you really want them to do eventually is to stay calm and to regulate and to hold space and to be, be a level-headed person. But you're showing them what that looks like. You're also showing them what empathy is because you're being empathic so that they can be empathic back to you. They can be empathic to their siblings. They can be empathic to their other their partners going forward in their lives. You're really teaching them so much by modeling this incredible act. So if you can model these things, holding space and empathy and self-regulation, they are learning those things by watching you. Now, are they going to emulate them right away? Nope. Probably not, probably not for way into their 20s are they going to emulate that. And even then, I find myself having my own tantrums. I find myself like losing it sometimes too with my kids still. So to expect our kids to maintain when they're totally dysregulated is, is unrealistic. I can't even do it. But we need to do it in the moments where our kid is having the tantrum. So if you start to have the tantrum when your child is having the tantrum, now you're showing them that dysregulation is the way to go and that when someone gets upset, you should get upset. 
and teaching them just the opposite. If we can not have a tantrum while our child is having a tantrum, then we're really cementing this idea of co-regulation, of calm, of connectedness, of empathy, of understanding, all sorts of great things. But if we get mad because they're having a hard time, now we're not safe. Now we've said, your feelings are too big for me. I cannot handle them. They push me into dysregulation and I am not going to be able to manage. Sure, that's going to happen once in a while. But if overall, if most of the time you're coming with regulation, then you're teaching them that you are safe and that you can take on those feelings and that you can handle anything they bring to you. So when they wreck the car, they're not scared to come to you. Or when they drink too much at the party, they're not too scared to come to you. Or when you know they've had the huge fight with the boyfriend and they're at his house late at night and she's, they're past curfew, they're not scared to come to you and tell you. Because that's important. It's important for us to be the safe space always because it also keeps our kids safe when we're the safe space. Because if we're the safe space, the first person they come to is us. And that is what we want more than anything is for them to come to us instead of going to their friends or instead of going to some other adult. We want them to come to us. And that becomes much more safe than them feeling like they can't come to us and go to someone else. Okay, I hope that was helpful. Please consider this idea of tantrums and big feelings as a place to build connection. You can also take my course, Understanding Big Emotions. It's $39. It's really good. It talks all about how to hold space and how to help people through their big emotions. You can find it on my website. You can also find it in the link in my bio on Instagram. But that one hour video course is an incredible little course if you're interested. There's lots of great other podcasts on regulation, co-regulation, tantrums that you can take a look at too. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'll see you next time. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.